Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful friend. I have a question for you. Have you ever spent months, years, potentially even decades dieting, trying program after program, trying to eat less and less and less in order to reach a fat loss goal, only to experience endless frustration. Maybe the scale is going absolutely nowhere. Maybe the scale is even going up. Have you ever experienced this level of frustration? Has nutrition ever confused you so much that you just feel like giving up? Tossing your hands up in the air and saying, what the hell? Why am I even bothering? Why don't I just enjoy my life? Well, if you can relate with that, today's podcast episode was recorded especially for you. I connected with my online friend and registered dietitian, nutrition coach, Caitlin. And in today's episode, we're talking about something that's really scary to a lot of women, and that is the concept of reverse dieting. Caitlin and I are super passionate about helping women to learn how much food their bodies actually need to look, feel, and perform their best. We want to make sure that you are eating as much as physically possible, enjoying your food as much as possible whilst reaching your goals. And oftentimes, no thanks to diet culture, women are under eating. You may be under eating and that's not helping you reach your goals. In fact, it's hurting you from reaching your goals. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to demystify reverse dieting, tell you the consequences of under eating and why you might, even though it sounds scary as all get out, need to eat more in order to reach your big, powerful goals. So Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us on today's Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast episode. For everybody listening, Caitlin is an online registered dietitian and nutrition coach who is super passionate about helping active women eat for their bodies and hit their goals so that they can feel empowered, energized, and confident. And Caitlin and I have known each other for a couple years now. So I was very, very excited to ask her to come on the podcast and share some of her, her wisdom and knowledge with us. Caitlin, welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. It goes both ways. It's so great to see your face. First of all, I know everybody listening will only get to hear your voice, but it's wonderful to see you. Yes. It's my morning face. It's 8 (laughs) a.m. I tried to look presentable, but yeah. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, Caitlin. So I know you're an awesome dog mom. I know you're an awesome nutrition coach, but for everybody listening, like, who are you in a nutshell? Tell us a little bit about what life looks like. 
Yeah. So I'm Caitlin. I am married and live in Michigan. I've been married for maybe four years at the end of September, which is crazy. And four years since we bought our house. Um, we have a little bit of a crazy life. Uh, we have a lot going on. My husband works full time and is also a business owner. I'm a business owner full time. We have a fixer upper house, which brings lots of exciting things. And we have two dogs. We just got a puppy about two months ago, in addition to our three-year-old dog. So that's been a fun transition, some fun new challenges, but so awesome. Um, In my free time, I love to do CrossFit. So being active, lifting weights is a big part of what we do. Like that's when people are like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, I work out. You know, I'm one of those annoying people. Um, but also I'm a big homebody. Like if you say, what is your ideal day? Like I love to be home. I love to you know just be relaxing, sitting outside or watching. Like I just started watching baking shows. I just started watching Sugar Rush on Netflix. And during the pandemic, I watched um, great the Great British Baking Show and I don't bake, but like, I love to just be like, Oh, I'm going to put, put this on and just chill. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. hysterical. I don't bake either. I honestly think I would mess up anything, even if I had a recipe, but it is fun to watch. Is that a weird, a weird hobby? I don't know. Yeah. And like, I don't love like cakes, cupcakes. I could totally do without, like, I'd rather have salty stuff or just like chocolate or ice cream. Like I don't love that. I love watching them make it and like decorate it. I get so into it. (laughs) It's like, why? But I don't know. Talent is talent. I think we can appreciate it. Even if someone's making a cupcake that we wouldn't prefer to eat, but really love to admire. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So Caitlin, I want to know, and I don't think I know the answer to this question. What was the catalyst for your interest in health and fitness? So you mentioned you're a business owner, you run a nutrition coaching company online and CrossFit is your hobby. So what started all of that? Yeah, there's really kind of two sides to it and they kind of go together. But on one side, I struggled with my body image and weight a lot. Like I can think back to fifth grade is when I first started noticing, like I have a bigger belly than some of my friends, like really starting to pay attention to how I looked. And that really went through all of middle school, high school, even parts of college where I struggled with, I don't like how I look. And that led me to trying to do some diets. Like I remember in high school trying to skip lunch. Like I literally take my lunch and be like, I'm not eating today. Like throw it in the trash, which makes me so sad to think about now, but that's what I did. Um, My parents did the South beach diet when I was, I think a junior in high school. And that's when I started learning like carbs are bad, you know, like we're going to cut them out. That's what helps us see progress. So I would just eat a salad for lunch. So a lot of disordered eating, but then on the other hand, I was also an athlete. I played volleyball, I think since elementary school, but all throughout middle school, high school. I also in high school started getting into weightlifting, like getting more into the gym for like volleyball conditioning, we would do P90X or the Insanity DVDs. And I would also be like running two miles on top of that. So I would be like under fueling, you know, not really knowing how to eat, trying to be really, really active. And those two things did not pair up well. 
um, I would really bounce back and forth from I'm going from a period of trying to eat what I thought was healthy, which was skipping meals, only eating veggies to then eating a whole bag of chips, like literally not kidding the whole bag in one sitting, like until my mouth hurt because I ate so much salt and that happened for a while. So it was either like, I'm feeling good in my body and I'm restricting like crazy and I'm exercising like crazy. There were points where I was doing burpees after I ate anything. I'd be in my parents' basement. Like I just ate, I need to do, you know, 20 burpees or I was on the other spectrum, not exercising and really not eating healthy foods at all. Really binge eating, snacking and feeling horrible, like covering up in the summer, I'd wear sweatshirts. Like, so it was either one or the other. And I could never find like, how do I just stick to this? I was always bouncing back and forth and it really affected my mental health. You know, what I did not going out with friends, not wanting to do anything. So I kind of selfishly became a dietitian to help myself because I was like, I need to figure this out. Like, what am I supposed to do? Because I started following like fitness influencers on Instagram and, you know, I would try to just do what they did and it, nothing worked. So I went to school and even throughout being in dietetic school, I can remember coming home and like snacking on chips as I was studying, like it still wasn't healthy, but it really helped me figure out going through school and then even outside after like working as a dietitian, what actually works. And I knew there were other people who struggled like I did. And, you know, I remember when I first decided I'm going to be a dietitian, it was, I'm going to have my own business. Of course, I didn't picture it being online. <laughs> like it is now I picture it, you know, having a brick and mortar, like but I was like, I'm going to help people who struggle like I do. So it's really awesome to see the vision come full circle. I think that's the best case scenario because then you can empathize with where your clients are because you've actually been there. And I don't know, based on your experience and my experience, it sounds like those of us who are most messed up when it comes to food stuff end up working as professionals in the nutrition field just so that we can help people who also feel uncomfortable in their bodies or insecure around food and lack confidence making choices that support them and their lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can really relate, you know, to say I've been there, you know, I know how it feels after you've just had a binge eating episode, or I know how it feels thinking that skipping a meal is is better and being frustrated with, well, why am I not seeing change? So, yeah. So Caitlin, I'm curious because I, I know there are a ton of women out there who don't eat enough and who also fear carbohydrates, but are active individuals. How did you recognize that that wasn't working for you? What were some of the signs and signals that you needed to change this low carb, no carb, skipping meals approach? I think the fact that I really couldn't stick to it. Of course, when I was exercising for an hour plus a day and eating very little, I would see my body change, but I wouldn't feel good, right? It's like, okay, great. I feel smaller. I see the scale going down but I feel awful. Looking back, I can see that when I was at my lowest weight and arguably like the leanest I've ever been, I was the most self-conscious I've ever been. Probably like not, definitely not happy. You know, I was more stressed out about food, kind of almost thinking like, I've got to keep this up, but this sucks. (laughs) Like, I don't want to keep doing this. So really recognizing that I didn't feel good 
and that all the swings, because when I was trying to eat very little, I could do that for a few days, maybe a few weeks, but then I would have a huge binge episode. So it's like, and I felt horrible doing that. So like, how do I get this to stop and realizing really and educating myself that carbs aren't the enemy that, you know, we can totally include them. It was like this light bulb went off, like, Whoa, what? Like we can eat them and it doesn't have to be brown rice or, you know, and seeing how much better I felt when I was actually able to be sustainable with it and not be bouncing back and forth mentally, just the change was so much better, but also realizing, wow, my body is actually staying where I want it to, instead of like all these big swings of my weight and all these yo-yos, it was just way better. I love that. It reminds me of a coaching conversation I had yesterday and I was talking with a client who was frustrated because she felt like she could be consistent or on for such a period of time. And then she would always fall off the wagon and I'm using air quotes. And I said, so it sounds like it's not sustainable. Like what you're trying to do isn't sustainable. And she responded with, no, it's sustainable. It works. It just then stops working. And I kind of chuckled inside. (laughs) It works in air quotes. You know, it works while it works, but then it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's what you're describing. And if that's the case, it does point to, Hey, what works air quotes doesn't actually work. Like working should be, this is something I can see myself doing long-term and it doesn't have to stop or start. It's just sort of how I nourish my body. Yes. Yes. Cause I would stop and then I'd say, well, that worked. I'm going to go back to it. And then it would work temporarily again. And then I would stop and it was a cycle. Yes. The restrict binge restrict cycle, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Because your body Absolutely. wasn't getting enough and then it's like crying for food and biologically our bodies need food to survive. So you're being very strict and under eating, thinking you're doing a great job because you're living in a smaller body. And then after a period of time, your body's like, fuck this, I need food. And so you just like reach for the bag of chips mm-hmm. or whatever's nearby so you can get quick palatable calories. Yes. Yes. And it was really a vicious cycle because it was almost like that reinforcement of, oh, when I restrict, when I overexercise, I see results. Like that's what I need to do. So it took me a really long time to break the pattern because I kept getting reinforced, like, but these behaviors work. And again, it's until they don't work, you know, until you realize I can't keep this up. Right. So Caitlin, one thing you are fantastic at talking about in your content is eating enough. Obviously it's your personal experience. So you're super passionate about helping women make sure that they're fueling their bodies adequately for their lifestyle, but then also for their performance, because you've learned at this point, like not only do I feel better and my body composition looks pretty freaking fantastic when I'm eating enough, but I also perform better. Like I'm able to be a better athlete. Do you find that most women come to you not eating enough or do they come to you eating too much? Like, what do you see? I would say it's actually a combo of both. Most women I feel like are like how I used to be where we're aiming to eat too little. We think it's better if we can have the smallest meal possible. Like, Oh, if I could just have a protein shake, I'm doing great. So we're really trying to eat too little. Maybe the majority of the time that's what we're doing, but then we have days or weeks where it's higher calorie intake because we get too hungry. We have a binge or, you know, the weekend comes like maybe Monday through Friday, we're eating 
1200 calories on the weekends reading 2000 plus. So, you know, there's, I think most women who I see have both sides of the coin, where it's like, I'm really trying to eat too little, but I can't stick to it. So then I end up eating more than my body actually needs. Yeah. And then they're frustrated. Like I, they feel like, you know, I'm trying to restrict my intake. I'm trying to watch my calories. Why am I not seeing progress? It's because we're not being consistent. Totally. I just, in a recent group coaching call, was talking to my clients about how one thing I hear a lot that I'm sure you hear all the time too is, but I'm trying so hard and I'm not eating a lot. Why am I gaining weight or why am I not losing weight? And so I did this little visual expression of, okay, well, maybe Monday through Friday, like you said, you're eating 1200 calories, but then Saturday and Sunday, you're eating 3000 calories. You think, but I'm doing good five out of seven days. Mm -hmm. So that means most of the time I should be seeing progress. But if the surplus on the weekends exceeds the deficit on the weekdays, it's all about calories remaining at the end of the week. So if you've overeaten exponentially on those two days, it wipes out the deficit that you created at the beginning of the week. So it's not necessarily about how many days per week you feel like you're being good. It's about finding enough food every day so that you can create that conservative deficit and lose body fat if that happens to be the goal. Exactly. Exactly. So talk to me about the costs of under eating. What are the consequences of under eating as a female? Yeah. So one of the big ones, especially as those females is our hormonal health. If we're under eating for too long and truly under eating for too long and over exercising, we can lose our periods. And that's a huge sign that something's off. This isn't right. You know, if you're not on a birth control method that is, you know, changing your period, but if you're truly not having one, that's not good. You know, that means your body is not getting enough energy to where it's like, we're not reproducing here. We're like, you you can't do that. So that's a big one. Another one is decreased mental health. Like what I experienced, you know, I was depressed. I was anxious. I like, I didn't want to have a social life because I was either so obsessed with food or I was so uh, like unhappy with how my body felt. I was like, I can't go anywhere. You know, so it really not only affects our physical health, but our mental health. And another big one that I see is that it impairs our metabolism. So to give you an example, like let's say a client loses 20, we'll say 40 pounds. She loses 40 pounds doing a restrictive diet. All 40 of those pounds likely aren't body fat, right? If she's drastically under eating, some of that weight is muscle too. And muscle helps keep our metabolism faster. So if we're losing muscle, we're actually hurting our metabolism. So this client loses 40 pounds, is so happy. is like, yes, you know, I, I did it. But because the methods that she did was unsustainable, she can't stick to it. She goes back to old eating habits, gains the weight back, so now has gained back, we'll say 30 of those pounds and that's body fat gain. But now she's down the muscle that she once had too. So now she's like, crap, I just gained this weight back. Okay. I'm going to try that same dieting method again. Cause it worked, right? It worked in air quotes, but now she's struggling to see progress because she lost the muscle and her metabolism is slower. So 
what we don't realize is if we're losing weight, that doesn't always mean we're losing body fat. It could be we're losing muscle and then we're hurting our metabolism and we're hurting our health. You know, muscle is great for keeping our immune system better. You know, it keeps us stronger, especially as we age, it you know helps prevent falls and injury. So that's a really negative side effect that I think people don't always realize because we glorify the number on the scale that, Hey, you know, that actually could be hurting. And that's why a lot of people struggle to see or maintain their weight loss or see weight loss again after they gain weight back because we're losing muscle with all this restrictive dieting. Um, And then another big one is just that we don't have energy we have brain fog. And especially as women, we take care of so much. <laughs> we have so much on our plate, especially I see this with moms. You know, if you're exhausted because you're not eating enough, like you just can't function. Then you get burnout. You know, you are getting sick easier. So it really impacts all areas of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I think on top of that too, like even just mood and libido, like you just don't mm-hmm. feel good because we often don't acknowledge like the importance of getting enough energy in. So then we're so focused on putting energy out. So like you said, moms, women in general, like helping, serving, trying to meet everybody else's expectations, which we could talk, you know, more about that because we don't <laughs> need a whole podcast guess. episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not focused on nourishing our bodies enough to do all of those things. So of course we're going to feel miserable doing it and not feel like we have any extra energy to spend doing things that we actually like and enjoy. Right. Yeah. So I would love to talk a little bit about something called reverse dieting, because I think a lot of women are in that situation where they've dieted down, they've lost a bunch of weight, including muscle mass, and then they gain it back. And they try dieting again. Nothing's happening. I've heard this story over and over again. And they're so stinking frustrated. And they come to us eating now 1,400, 1,300, 1,200 calories a day. And they're not losing any weight. And we know that's way too low. But in theory, if someone's eating less than their body expense, they should be losing weight. So they're super frustrated why this isn't happening. Do I go down to 1,000 calories, they say? Do I exercise more? And... In this situation, you and I know that they probably need to embark on a reverse diet. For everybody listening that has no idea, Caitlin, can you tell us what a reverse diet is? Yeah, a reverse diet. I also like to use the term like a diet break. When we're dieting and losing weight, we're in a calorie deficit, which means we're eating less than what our body needs. So a reverse diet is basically the opposite. You know, we're in a a calorie deficit, when we're dieting, we're taking calories away. A reverse diet, we're adding those calories back in. So if you're in, let's say a 300 calorie deficit, a reverse diet would mean we're going to add those 300 calories back and maybe even more. I think a lot of people find this super scary. You're telling me I need to eat more, even if my ultimate goal is to weigh less or to have less body fat on my frame. I don't get it. Like, tell me why I need to eat more. Shouldn't I need to eat less? Yeah. I was terrified of it too. You know, being like, wait a sec, eating less has always been the goal. And now you're telling me more is better. But what we need to remember is we don't want to live 
in a chronic calorie deficit, right? Where we're trying to always eat less and less and less because that is impairing our metabolism. It's slowing things down. It's making things harder. So I like to use an analogy and being in Michigan, we have bonfires or campfires a lot. So I don't know um, if that's something you experience, but I like to picture a campfire and you know, we've got the wood, the fire is burning. If we keep adding logs to our fire, we keep getting a flame, right? You keep getting the flame that keeps you nice and warm. If we don't add logs, we're just left with coals, which are just slowly burning. And that's what we're doing is we're taking away calories. We're kind of just leaving ourselves with coals. We're slowing down our metabolism. But if we can add logs back, we're producing more flame, we're producing more fire. So that's like we're adding in more calories. We're speeding back up our metabolism, So that's really the goal of a reverse diet is to give your body a break to get back to your maintenance calories or possibly go into a calorie surplus where then our goal is really building muscle so that then when you go to lose weight again, your metabolism isn't slower. It's still in a good spot and weight loss is now easier because you've maintained your muscle and your body's ready for it. Talk me through the timeline of a reverse diet. What does that look like exactly? And when can I expect to lose weight? Because I know that's what everybody's thinking, right? If a client comes to you and you're like, okay, hey, you've been dieting for five years, 10 years. We need to give your body a break. We need to work out of that deficit and give you more. And that means we can't expect to lose weight initially. So I need you to be patient. We're going to reverse diet. We're going to get your metabolism back up to that really great fiery bonfire. And then we can work at weight loss. What if a client says, okay, Caitlin, I'm going to trust you. When can I expect to lose body fat? It really, it depends, right? And that's like the classic nutrition answer is it depends, but It really does. It depends on the person. I think the longer that we can spend at maintenance, the better. And again, that requires that patience, which is so hard because I know if your goal is weight loss, you want to see it like yesterday. But the longer that you give your body a break, especially if you've been chaotic dieting, like my story, where it was, I'm eating too little and then I'm binging. You know, if you're always yo-yoing, going back and forth, if you can just be consistent and give your body a break to just get enough food consistently, I think taking the goal off of just weight loss and looking at overall health is really, really helpful to be patient because not only are you going to you know, feel better, your digestion may be better, you know, less bloating, less issues with like constipation. You're going to have more energy. You're just going to feel better. Sleep might be better. You know, you're going to mentally feel better because you're not having these binges or you're able to have more food freedom. You know, you're eating more so you can eat more food or more variety of food. So looking at the longer term goals of a reverse diet than just weight loss is really helpful. But the longer that you can stay at maintenance, the better. We, when like we're dieting, we like to think like, I'm going to do this as long as it takes to reach my goal, but it's better to be more strategic to say, okay, I'm going to be in a calorie deficit for three to four months. And then we're going to reverse diet 
and stay at maintenance for at least as long as you were in a deficit is preferred. Longer again is better. So it does require a lot of patience. And this is where it's hard. You know, and I, I get it because we want those instant results. But if we can be patient and look at the long term, realizing that this is going to be so much more sustainable, which is what we ultimately want, right? We actually want to keep the results we get. So if we can give in to the process, say, I'm going to be patient, then you can actually have a body that you love without all these swings. You, know, you can actually keep it. And it's really, it's really awesome. Not to mention you get to eat more food whilst maintaining that new lean body composition. So yeah. my personal goal for all my clients is to get them to eat as much as possible while looking, feeling, and performing the way they want to. So this yeah. is a great way to do that. Yes. I remember being shocked. That I was like, I can eat over 2,500 calories and I'm not gaining weight. You know, it's kind of like, whoa, wait a second. You know, like light bulb moment again, where it's like, I thought this amount of food would for sure make me be gaining weight, but to see it's not, you know, then it, it also helps you not be so afraid of eating or afraid of food. And like you said, yeah, it gives you that freedom. And then you can see, oh, well now I can lose weight eating over 2000 calories when before I thought it had to be 1200. You know, so you can actually start to lose weight eating more food because your metabolism is in a much better spot. One thing that I think is worth mentioning that was a game changer for me. And I learned this from Dr. Jade Tita. He talks about metabolism, like a thermometer. So 10 plus years ago, before I got my degree, I thought metabolism was just like slow or fast. Genetically, you get what you get. And through some of his online courses, I learned that metabolism is so much more fluid and flexible than that. It's not just you get what you get. There is a genetic component, of course, but metabolism increases just like a thermometer or decreases based on circumstances in your life. So how much are you moving? How much are you sleeping? How much are you eating? Things of that nature. So it's probably weird for a lot of people to wrap their brain around this because they're thinking, well, I'm gaining weight, eating 1500 calories a day, Caitlin, how could I possibly not gain weight at 2,500 calories a day? And of course it depends on height and weight and gender and physical activity level. But this is the beauty of a reverse diet is we gradually feed your body more that thermometer increases over time. And then you have a more flexible metabolism. So you can eat more without gaining weight. Like, and again, like you said, it takes a long time to do this. So people have to be patient. And I see a lot of women jumping shit too early, going back into the diet, which is what got them stuck in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think because that's, what's familiar, you know, eating more is scary. And it's, it's hard too, because we, we're so stuck in our pattern of less is better. So seeing, oh, I need to eat more, you know, it's, it's challenging, but also realizing that when you're eating more food, you're able to be more consistent. And that consistency leads to more results. So not being afraid of more, but really seeing that more food means less binges. And more food means I'm not going to be eating way less during the week and a ton on the weekend. Then you're going to see more results and you're going to feel better again, mentally and physically because of that consistency. 
Caitlin, how do I wrap my brain around the fact that during a reverse diet, I may put on a couple pounds? So mm-hmm. through this process, the goal is not to see the scale go down. If I've been dieting for years and I am so tied to the fact that the scale moving down means I am better or I am worth more, how can I get rid of that limiting belief and accept the fact that I may need to put on a couple pounds in order to help my metabolism and help me to reach my goals ultimately. Yes. This is one of the hardest things because especially as a woman who's saying, I want to lose weight now saying, okay, you're telling me to eat more and I might gain weight. It's like, that's the exact opposite of what I want. But I think we need to remember that the scale going up doesn't always mean that you're gaining body fat. Because as we're eating more food, you know, that's more food that we're putting in. So we're going to weigh a little bit more just because of the weight of that food. And also as we're adding in more carbohydrates, which is typically what I see is that women are really under eating carbohydrates. And with a reverse diet, we're adding more in. When we're eating carbohydrates, we're also storing water. It's right in the name, carbohydrate. So we're storing water in our muscles and that water is going to show up on the scale too. And also if you're eating more and you're lifting weights, you could be gaining muscle. So realizing that the scale going up isn't always a bad thing. It isn't always, oh my gosh, I'm gaining body fat. But even if it is, recognizing that we're going to be in a better spot for weight loss. You know, if you're trying to eat 1500 calories now, nothing's budging. You can't go down to 1200, right? To create a a slight calorie deficit, like that's not going to be sustainable. So realizing this really is the only route, like you've got to go up before we can come back down. And again, focusing on those other things that you're getting out of it, besides you know, that you're not getting the weight loss is really helpful too. how much better your life is improving, you know, your food freedom, your energy and looking at it as a long-term rather than what am I just getting in the short term? I think that's so important and equally as important is looking at other non-scale metrics mm-hmm. when you're reverse dieting. So all the clients that I've taken through a reverse diet, The scale is one metric that we're tracking, but it can never be the one that we place the most emphasis on or even look to to be like the most helpful from a feedback standpoint. Instead, I often encourage clients to look at how they're performing. Like, are you setting PRs in the gym? Are you feeling you're recovering better from your workouts? Do you have a sex drive again? How does your mood feel day to day? How about your sleep quality? Because sometimes when we're eating enough, we sleep much better than when we were under fueling our body. How about energy level? Like, is it more predictable throughout the day? Are you having less spikes and valleys? Other things like that, that might seem less sexy or less important, but are in fact the most important metrics to track are oftentimes what we have to rely on to look for when it comes to progress, when we're reverse dieting instead of the scale, because the scale should go up when you're reverse dieting. Yeah, it should. Hard for a lot of people to swallow. It is. Yeah. And realizing that, oh, I'm lifting heavier. You know, I'm able to do a little bit more in my workouts because I'm not as exhausted. You know, I'm not sore for three days. I'm actually recovering and be like, wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And it's also telling you you're healthy, right? Sometimes we don't realize how good we can feel 
because we're so used to feeling crappy when we're under eating. We just think that's normal, but realizing, wow, if I'm actually giving my body enough food, like this is how good I can feel. And that's how we should feel when we're trying to lose weight too. We shouldn't feel exhausted. And so it's really getting you healthier all around and putting you in a better spot to see the body fat loss that you're after. Totally. Yes. So Caitlin, the woman who's listening to this right now, and she's like, okay, well, I've been dieting and I haven't been seeing any results. I know I've been consistent. So it's not that I'm just not being compliant. Do I need a reverse diet? Like how does someone know if a reverse diet might be what they need to do in order to reach their goal? Yeah. So I think some big signs on if you're feeling extra hungry and there's no other reason for it. Like if you haven't been working out more, if you've been getting good sleep, like if there's no other reason why you should be feeling hungry, but your body is just like constantly, you're thinking about food, your meals aren't keeping you satisfied. You're having tons of cravings. Like that's a big sign you need more. You need to eat more. Our body is really smart and it has ways that are like counterbalancing our calorie deficit. It's going to increase our hunger hormone. We'll probably start moving less because we have less energy. You're not going to feel good. So if you're seeing those signs, if you know, you're really irritable all the time, again, for no other reason, <laughs> you know, I know there's lots of other reasons why we might be irritable, especially as women who do so much, but if there's no other reason, we're just constantly cranky. This is me. Oh my gosh. I would snap at my husband all the time for like leaving a dish on the counter, like crazy stuff because I was constantly under eating. Um, that's a huge sign. You know, if again, if you're sore, so, and if you've been dieting for a long time, you know, if it's been three, four plus months, especially if it's been six months or longer and you're like, I am just stuck. I'm not seeing progress anymore. It's time to take a break. Agreed. Yes. And especially if you have multiple red flags, like of the ones you mentioned. So we all are irritable from time to time, right? We all get like increased hunger signals from time to time, but like if that's your chronic state of being and you see a lot of those happening, I would say reach out to a professional, first of all, so you can get some guidance because I would have never, never known that I needed to eat more because of diet culture. I was constantly bombarded with these messages about eat less and look at what I'm eating today. And it's only 1500 calories, but maybe she's five, two and I'm five, nine. Right. So like you need to have individual guidance. And I think just reaching out to either yourself or myself, if someone's like, Hey, could this be right for me? It's hard to know without getting a lot of information from that person. But if you feel like maybe this is the the step that you need, just listening to this conversation, I would just encourage everybody tuning in to reach out if they feel like this might be something that they need to learn more about because they're hurting, they're not feeling happy, their performance is stagnant, their results are stagnant. This is what you and I do. So I think that it's so helpful just to have someone else to take a look at the variables alongside of you and say, Hey, here's what I think is going on. Let's talk about how long you've been dieting. And like, maybe it's time for a little break so you can eat more, feel better and see the results that you want. Yes. And it's really helpful to have that outside opinion because it's really hard to get yourself to eat more and then to continuously add in even more and to even give your listeners a perspective. You know, I'm a dietitian and I had my friend who's also a dietitian. We decided to coach each other 
And she told me that I needed to be eating more. And I was already like, I'm eating 2,400 calories. You really think I need more? You know, I was kind of shocked. And she was like, yes, with how active you are, you need more food. And I don't think I would have done it if I was on my own. I think I would have been like, no, she's crazy. I'm, I'm fine. But thank God I listened to her because I was eating closer to 2,800 calories and again, not gaining weight. And I was setting PRs in the gym. Like I was like, I didn't realize I could eat this much food. And it was because I had that outside opinion and that accountability that I actually followed through with it. Because even though I've really distanced myself from the, the diet culture that I once was in, that conditioning is still there, that less is better. So hearing her say like, I already thought I was eating a lot, but I needed more. I, I had a lot of resistance to it, but if I didn't have the help, I don't think I would have done it. And I'm so happy that I did. Totally. I think a lot of people listening to this women, especially are going to be like, what? 2,800 calories. Yeah. What the heck? And I remember when I was eating less than 2000 calories, easily 1500, 1600, 1700, maybe I was also a personal trainer training six days a week. And I didn't know that that was unacceptable. I didn't know that that was crazy until talking to some of my other colleagues, all of whom were shorter than me and working out the same amount. And they were like, oh my gosh, Nicole, I easily eat over 2000 calories a day, every day. And that was the first time I was like, am I doing something wrong? Like, what the heck? I should be getting more food than you. And I didn't realize until I heard from other women. So I think a lot of people out there are just eating as little as possible because that's what they think they should do. And here we are saying (laughs) you can eat almost 3000 calories depending on your activity level. Obviously like you're a muscle monster. I'm so envious of your shoulder boulders always. (laughs) I'll do that before. Um, But it depends on your Mm -hmm. individual biometrics. But the bottom line is a lot of women who have grown up in diet culture need to, and can be eating so much more food than they currently are. And be living in happier, healthier bodies that are leaner than they currently are as a result of eating more food. Yes. Yes. And be happier, be healthier, have more enjoyment out of life. It's not just about how you look, you know, it's, it's everything. And not think about food all the time too. Like when I was under eating food was every thought, every second of every day. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you're eating enough food is delicious. And you think about your next meal sometimes, but like, it's not all consuming. Right. Right. I'm not stressed about you. Know, what if friends might ask me to go out to eat and I didn't plan on that, you know, that, that used to be like, no, I can't go. So you can actually enjoy life and you get rid of all of that all consuming food thoughts. Now I can think about other things. <laughs> you have all that extra brain space. That's what I hear from a lot of clients. One, just from giving up like all the diet consuming thoughts would be like, wow, I'm actually not constantly thinking about my food. I'm actually thinking about other stuff throughout the day. It's like, wow, yes, <laughs> this is what life is supposed to be like. You mean as a woman, I can think about something other than starving my body and living smaller. it's possible. Yes, it's so possible. Caitlin, for everyone listening who has really resonated with your story and wants to learn more from you and reach out, figure out how they can work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, I am most active on Instagram. So you can find me at Caitlin Hunter underscore nutrition. And 
Occasionally I'll post on TikTok, but not too much. Or my website is caitlinhunternutrition.com. Awesome. I'm going to drop your Instagram handle in the show notes below so people can just click find you and make sure that you are another no-nonsense nutrition voice on their social media feed. I want to say thank you, Caitlin, for helping me to teach more women that they can eat a lot of food and feel freaking fantastic. It has been awesome having this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an important message that I really hope women take to heart and start to explore this a little bit more because it's possible for you too. I know like you might be thinking like, no, that eating more, that won't work for me, but it really can. Thank you for listening to this episode of the health, wealth, and wisdom podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.